0: Confronting current marketplace issues surrounding the cannabis industry. Welcome to Cannabis Realities, represented by the law offices of Brock Eichler, LLC. Go inside current marketplace issues with insightful interviews from the thought leaders making the case for cannabis. Podcasting from the Garden State of New Jersey, Cannabis Realities, represented by the law offices of Brock Eichler, LLC, is now in session. Here to make our opening statement is our lead counselor, Charles Gormelli.
1: Welcome to Cannabis Realities, a program dedicated to developing a greater understanding of both the unique characteristics of cannabis and the market opportunities for cannabis business in the United States and internationally. The mission of this series of podcasts will be to identify and present experts in the cannabis business space so that listeners can make informed decisions about how they can participate in this economic powerhouse of an industry. Today, we're discussing the chemistry of cannabis. We're fortunate to have with us today, Scott Karolczyk. Scott is the director of formulation development for Medfarm. Medfarm is a company located in Colorado and works worldwide. It has the distinction of being the first licensed cannabis research facility something we're going to talk a little bit about later today. And it's at the forefront of the scientific development of cannabis. MedFarm scientists are committed to using proven scientific techniques to help translate all of the novel aspects of the cannabis plant into safe, stable, and predictable uses in both the medical and recreational industry. Scott's role as Director of Formulation Development puts him at the forefront of the development of safe and predictable cannabis products for oral, topical, and transdermal formulations that are all going to be used for preclinical and early human studies. I'm really excited about this podcast because having Scott here today is like having an opportunity to discuss aviation with Wilbur Wright at the inception of uh, the, what we now know as the airline industry. We're really happy, uh, Scott, that you could join us today at Cannabis Realities. Welcome, Scott, and glad you can be with us. Thank you uh, thank you very much, Charles, for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. Now, Scott, we're going to talk a little bit uh, in, during this podcast about the company that uh, you're an instrumental part of, MedFarm out in Colorado. You've been with them for about five years, uh, but can you give the audience an understanding of, uh, of what you bring to the concept and the understanding of chemistry of cannabis and how your background uh, in pharmacy uh, sciences uh, informs that, that business and your own uh,
2: personal interest in it. Sure. Um, uh, well, I've been a compounding pharmacist for the past 35 years. Compounding is basically making a, a custom medication for a specific patient based on a need that they have that's not being met with conventional or commercial medications. So I have a 35 plus years of formulation development my um, I, uh, I also did graduate work uh, at the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy in the pharmaceutics program. Again, in formulate which pharmaceutics is the study of formula uh, drug formulation and development. And I'm um, working uh, at Medfarm uh, with a great team that we have, consistent of PhDs in medicinal chemistry. We have chemists, we have extractors, we have <clears throat> pharmacists, we have an incredible team that allows us to study the plant uh, more in depth and uh, put together really incredible uh, product formulations. And the mission of MedFarm is to develop products to improve the human condition and better the lives of those who suffer from different disease states.
1: So it really uh, having a background in, in that, Formulation pharmacology really it, it puts you makes you really well suited for the, for the cannabis business based on how we're now paused to develop a lot of fascinating products and formulations.
2: Yes, it's uh having a pharmacy background, with, it's a nice niche, and uh, coupled with uh formulation development. Uh, working with uh, the different uh, chemists, uh, chemists and PhDs that are, that are at our company. We can stay in front of the research. We can help our physicians. We can help our patients. Colorado is nice because it's, we can deal with both the medical side and the recreational side. And we actually have the first, uh, as you mentioned, research license in the United States that allows us to do clinical trials, and we have our, uh, our first uh, study coming up in the next quarter uh, on dementia, uh, and it's gonna be uh, it's a really exciting uh, opportunity. Now,
1: Scott, my uh, chemistry teacher always told me that uh, to really gain an understanding of materials, it really begins with the chemistry and the chemical composition of a particular subject. Can you give the audience and, and all of us an understanding from a top-down perspective what the chemical composition of cannabis is and what you find interesting in the active biomaterials that are there.
2: Well, the marijuana plant or cannabis has over 450 to 500 different compounds and components in it. Uh, Most people are familiar with THC and now CBD, Uh, but there's a lot of other uh, uh, components, whether they're cannabinoids, uh, whether they're terpenes, whether they're flavonoids, and the minor cannabinoids, which are really uh, also important, are uh, compounds uh, called uh, CBG, CBC, CBN. Uh, There's a new one now called THCV. Uh, More and more are being discovered, more and more are being uh, researched for the different conditions and uh, uh, physiological activity that they have. Um, right now, there, there are two types, really two types that most people are familiar with when you deal with the plant. There's the indica species, which is, has a higher concentration of CBD or cannabidiol. This gives you a sense of like deep body relaxation. The second type of plant is the sativa plant, which has the higher concentration of THC, and this gives you feelings of energy, energy alertness, and, or a more energizing experience. But we're getting away from that because there's so much we're learning about these plants. And the, when you when you use the full plant, you get something called the entourage effect. And the entourage effect is how all these different components work together synergistically to give you an effect that is stronger or uh, more holistic than just a single component, which is what our conventional medications that are FDA approved are, one component only. Uh, and even though that one component might have activity, you get much better activity when you have that uh, entourage, if you will, or the effect of all the cannabinoids. And that's where the research is going right now. Now, you know, that's
1: you're anticipating my question, really, and that is, that because of these various compounds that um, have been identified and historically identified within cannabis, it must create amazing opportunities for formulation and mixing and blending to achieve a particular uh, patient or user outcome. How do you uh, talk a little bit about that? Open that up for us a little bit. How does that, how does that influence your
2: work in, in, in development of formulations? Well, at MedFarm, we're going further than just looking at THC or CBD. We're actually looking, we're doing research, and we're following the research of uh, countries such as Israel, which have been studying uh, cannabis and marijuana effects for the past you know, 75 plus years. And we're looking at ratios. We're looking at different ratios of the cannabinoids uh, to each other, uh, how much CBD is necessary for an effect, how much THC is necessary uh, for example, THC is known as the psychoactive uh, cannabinoid, uh, meaning if you take that, you get feelings of uh, high or you get tired or uh, it has the psychoactive effect. CBD does not have those effects. But when you put the two together, you get, you get a better uh, activity without the side effects that uh, the THC alone uh, produces. And what's unique about our facility is we actually have our own analytical lab, so we can test not just the potencies. We know ahead of time, uh, before we even start formulating a product for a research uh, for a research uh, project or working with a specific physician uh, for a study, we know uh, what cannabinoids and terpenes that are, that are in the uh, our starting product, so we can. We, we can mix and match, change the ratios. We can uh, isolate different cannabinoids that are just coming out, and we can utilize those in formulations to, to better help our patients. So this
1: entourage effect seems to be something that's really um, a fertile ground for further development and formulation uh, efforts. I know your company has uh, is aggressively patenting things in this area and has a patent uh that you refer to as Leaf Technology. You know, as we approach our first break, could you briefly describe
2: what uh, Leaf Technology is? Yes, Leaf is. Oh, before I, uh, Leaf uh, is an acronym for uh, Lipophilic Enhanced Absorption Formulation. And What that means is, uh, Lipophilic is oil. So uh, the cannabinoids are oil soluble. They're they're basically oil. They're not absorbed very well. Um, and they're not very bioavailable. If you take a dose, no matter what that dose is, your body absorbs 30% or less. So if we can enhance the absorption, if we can make that, uh, the cannabinoids better absorbed, we can get predictable results. We can use lower doses. We can get better activity. We can, uh, better, the patient can better self-regulate their doses. They know what to expect time after time. And they, uh, it'll be better for that patient's uh, control of their disease state.
1: But so, I want to, I want to, I don't want to interrupt you, but I do want to continue this discussion on the other side of our break.
0: Cannabis realities will return after this brief recess.
3: Elevate your every day with that sugies feeling, with the sweet taste of sugies. Add a cup of sugies to your morning coffee. Ah.
0: The concierge for better living.
3: Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at
0: healthier living, while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life,
3: learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better.
0: The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com.
4: The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org events.
0: Cannabis Realities is back to cross-examine the issues affecting the cannabis industry. Only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: So, Scott, you were describing um, the anachronism LEAF technology and how you can utilize and manipulate uh, the various uh, components of your formulation to achieve an outcome. Can you give us some pretty, uh, can you give us at least an example of a specific formulation that you think addresses a particular uh, either medicinal concern or patient demand?
2: We are. we have a tincture that we designed that actually became the number one tincture in the United States, um, this past year. And we, uh, it's a, it's a tincture consisting of both THC and CBD. And it's quick acting. It's very bioavailable. It bypasses the digestive system almost for a, almost immediate release. Um, and we developed that uh, for a different uh, patient segment, and uh, it's, it's working extremely well. Uh, we were working with physicians uh, both in Colorado and Iowa, and we saw a need uh, for a, something better uh, or a better product than, than, than existed. And utilizing our uh, formulations and our experience with increasing bioavailability, we developed a tincture that is tasteless, that has no odor, that is clear, has no cutting agents, no additives to it. Um, And the purpose of this was to have better efficacy, better dose control. Uh, We wanted to have decreased variability and we wanted it to be acceptable to our patients. Everything that big pharma or the the FDA is looking for. Our facility is GMP. Uh, We follow uh, uh, everything. We document everything. We do, we do in-house testing of all our potencies, the cannabinoids of all, uh, you know, residual solvents, heavy metal testing. And then the product is also sent out for third party testing, which is required in Colorado. So, boy, this sounds
1: this must be an incredibly popular component to a lot of edible products that you're seeing in the marketplace now. Uh, how, is, how have you found the stability of the product to be?
2: The product's very stable. Um, leaf is a process. So, the process changes based on the formulation we're making, whether we're making an edible, uh, for example, a, uh, a capsule or a tablet or an injection or a, uh, a liquid or a tincture. Uh, the process changes, but the the, the priority is the same, enhanced bioavailability. So uh, we're seeing that things are changing in the marketplace. Uh, Colorado is becoming a leader in the United States for really incredible products. Uh, you're not seeing just someone putting you know cannabis into a brownie anymore. We're actually adding it to uh, the edibles in such a way that it's absorbed, it's more bioavailable, and... Uh, it's it's uh, predictable. I mean, that's the whole key with taking a medication, uh, whether it's for medicinal purposes or recreational, predictability. It has to work the way you expect it to work for the condition that
1: you're treating. One of the big challenges that we've all seen in, in cannabis science is exactly that predictability. We know, for example, having a cocktail well, might have a particular desired effect or a glass of wine at the end of a rough day. Uh, cannabis had that challenge uh, of needing to prove itself and, and segment itself in a way that that same predictability can be available to the consumer. What you're seeing now is a lot of movement towards low, uh, you know, while the, while the market may have been seeking out high THC content originally, now the market seems to be heading towards almost a euphoria phobia aspect to cannabis consumption and low dose THC products. Have you been seeing that in your formulation work as well, that lower-dose THC products really uh, demonstrate where the
2: market might be moving? Definitely, yes. Uh, there's always going to be the, uh, a portion of the population that's looking for the highest THC, the highest bang uh, for your buck, if you will, um, which is fine. Um, but uh, a larger percentage of the population, uh, consumers uh, that have not ever tried uh, marijuana, for example, but are curious, but also might be a little timid or afraid uh, because they've never used it, or maybe they don't smoke, um, we are doing something called microdosing, and microdosing is a dose of THC that's 10 milligrams or less, usually in the five milligram range, very small. Uh, you have to... because. With the, with the one side of the population, you're seeing doses of THC 50 to 100 milligrams as an edible. We're talking five milligrams and we're talking a dose that's absorbed quickly that gives you predictable results that can help with, uh, for example, anxiety or stress coming home after a long, stressful day. You know, there's choices. You can take a prescription Xanax. You can take, you can have a glass of wine, or maybe there's a five milligram CBD tablet. Or a tincture that you could take just to relax and reset your uh, homeostasis. Uh, CBD is known to actually reset your thermostat, if you will, it actually causes a homeostatic equilibri- equilibrium in the body. Um, so we have receptors throughout our entire body. Uh, that's the endocannabinoid system. Uh, and these receptors are bind to CBD, the cannabinoids, and THC. So microdosing is. Uh, becoming more and more important uh, for, the, uh, for the other half of the population, specifically adults older than 50, you know, 55 years old. The younger adults are looking for the highest THC they can find. The older adults are looking for the lowest dose that's going to give them uh, an effect uh, every time they take it. Uh, the,
1: the big buzzword in, uh, pardon the expression, in even traditional medicine is individualized medicine. Do you think uh, the cannabis uh, formulation business uh, and and the marketplace that it really depends on formulators like you to to point the way uh, will move towards individualized cannabis formulations, something that can be a custom design for somebody if you go into your dispensary and describe a series of sensations you're seeking to achieve or address?
2: Yes, definitely. Uh, Over the next few years, there's going to be definitely personalization of Of these uh, medications Uh, it's not going to be as simple as like a compounding pharmacy uh, where we make it specifically for a patient coming in but we'll be able to mix and match the individual components uh, based on that patient's genetics and there's a field called pharmacogenomics Uh, we've all seen on the commercials on tv where you can check your ancestry with your dna uh, using a swab you know inside your mouth A similar test is going to be used to um, uh, look at the different genetic mutations that patients or consumers have very quickly. We'll be able to know how they metabolize, whether they're quick uh, quick or slow. We'll be able to know if they're missing an enzyme, for example, in their liver that actually allows them to have the effect of the THC, if that's what they're looking for. And from that, we'll be able to uh, better predict a starting dose or a uh, the correct ratio of a product working with their physician or just working with the patient alone um, to optimize the product that they need uh, for their condition. So this is this is all happening right now. There are companies coming out with these uh, with the with the genetic uh, testing, and it's 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 pretty incredible. We all have. Uh, something called uh, SMPs in our our DNA, single nucleotide uh, polymorphisms, if you will. And they're mutations. And these mutations, like I mentioned, allow us to predict uh, which patients are going to respond quickly, which are not going to respond. We can help them choose the correct uh, dosage administration. Maybe you need to inhale. Maybe I need to just have an edible. But... It's definitely moving towards that and uh, the opportunities are endless in the next five years. You know it's amazing the amount
1: of work uh, that you and uh, your company have been able to do in this area and the creative formulations and scientific approach that you've uh, that you're bringing to the task. And, and I say it's amazing because the, the DEA doesn't make it easy. Uh, the scheduling of cannabis as a, as a class one, Drug hampers research in in a way that uh, has really hobbled the industry, uh, and now only now in the last five years do you see that thawing. Uh, fortunately, the DEA's opened up uh, uh, licensed research facilities and are expanding them. Are are you are you guys positioned to take advantage of that recent expansion?
2: Yes, the uh, in two thousand and sixteen, the DEA. Uh, opened up the application process to increase the, the DEA Schedule One licensing uh, for manufacturers such as ours. There are 35 or 36 companies, I think, that applied. We were one of the first to do so. Uh, but nothing has really happened up until uh, this past week uh, where the DEA is finally moving ahead and uh, going to open up those 35, 36 applications and hopefully between three and 10 uh, will be chosen. Uh, right now, there's only one uh, company uh, in the United States as a, that is allowed to produce marijuana for research purposes, and that is from the University of Mississippi. Um, but there's problems with that. There, there's only one company. They, they, uh, competition is the, creates better opportunities for everybody. Competition will create uh, more research opportunities, better distillate, better product, better flour, and dosage forms. Uh, so we are definitely working hard to be one of those companies that gets licensed uh, because we'll increase the research potential, which will also help allow the DEA and the FDA and Congress uh, change uh, the scheduling of this uh of marijuana uh, from a Schedule 1, which means that it has no medicinal benefits, that it's harmful, and that there's uh, there's really no reason to, to, to utilize it, um, to a different schedule, which will allow more research and the, uh, consumers and patients to have access to it. Scott, when we come back uh, from the
1: break, I want to move to an area of uh, how, how genetics may may influence future formulations as well so let's take a break cannabis realities
0: will return after this brief recess trends and technology processes and products we cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis. Consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots.
4: (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot.
0: cannabis realities is back to cross-examine the issues affecting the cannabis industry only on CannabisRadio.com. radio.com. Scott, we, you, you
1: told us about how important it is to uh, that. The DEA has expanded, uh, the research availability of investigation of this schedule one drug and potentially rescheduling that drug. Hopefully in the not too distant future, we'll continue to open it up. Uh, you know, I, I think most most consumers and certainly most scientists are aware that the quality of the product that w- has been available from the single source that the government has been growing it at at the University of Mississippi really had tremendous challenges in terms of uh, quantity and creativity uh, for folks like you that are looking at the cutting edge of developing uh, all of the cannabis uh, potential uh, product profiles. Uh, can, you, can you unpack for us how it is that being able to uh, grow product and control that growth under your scientific supervision and how you can manipulate or manage the genetics of plants to assist in product formulation?
2: Sure. Um, Unlike the university of Mississippi that grows outside uh, in, in uh, uh, greenhouses, we, we actually grow. uh, We're vertically integrated. We grow inside. We can control Everything from the nutrients, the humidity, the lighting, the temperature, um, how how long each plant is grown before it's harvested. We can also then control the drying, the uh, the drying of that plant, the uh, the temperature of uh, decarboxylation, which is the activation of the uh, cannabinoids from the plant, all through the extraction process. Finally, to the uh, the testing and our analytical labs uh, with our team, so we can control it all from the beginning to the end. Uh, there's no, uh, there's always going to be vari- variability with a plant. Um, it is a biological entity that even even the same plant will change uh, in, in components uh, over time. But because we can control those variables, we can. Prepare the same product with the same potencies every single time, lot to lot, month to month. Now, getting to genetics, there's a, if there's a minor cannabinoid we're interested in, but it's in a very small quantity in that plant. We can uh, we have the ability to modify the genetics of that plant to get that. Uh, A cannabinoid uh, in higher concentrations, and there's many ways to do that. There are companies that are doing biosynthesis. Uh, There are companies that are using uh, uh, yeast. Uh, There's also companies that are going to go the genetic route uh, with the plant itself, uh, trying to grow and isolate those minor cannabinoids for further research use. But the key is uh, with that genetics, we're going to be able to to build uh, phenotypes and genotypes, we're going to be able to uh, isolate them and then uh, have those seeds available for other researchers that might want those seeds to grow the plants uh, that they need for the research they want to do. So the opportunities are endless.
1: Part of this uh, uh, process of formulation and since you're really looking at a consumer item, whether it be used principally for medicinal or for enjoy, pure enjoyment sake, has to deal with the flavor profiles that you encounter. Are you, are you folks looking at that from a formulation standpoint and able, and what are the challenges of
2: managing uh, flavor profiles from your perspective? That's a good question. There's, uh, well, there's two, there's, there's two ways to answer that. There's the flavors from the actual terpenes and flavonoids, that come from plants themselves. And then, of course, there are the synthetic flavors that uh, companies add uh, for their uh, to make their products taste better when they're smoked or vaped. So I'll go to the first, uh, I'll answer the first question, uh, the first part first, uh, with the natural terpenes and flavonoids uh, from plants. All plants, cannabis and and every plant produces terpenes and flavonoids. Um, They're all, they're very similar. Um, So, Uh, utilizing those, the terpenes and the flavonoids actually have uh, medicinal properties to them. Yes, they have a smell. uh, uh, Yes, they have uh, a taste, but they also have activity. So we can formulators can play with the percentage of those uh, that are put back in after extraction. We can also remove them if customers don't like the taste. Uh, There are, there are, there are ones like linalene, lemon, lemon, that we can put those in for flavor, we can enhance them, or we can uh, we can remove them. There's also uh, the synthetic flavors, which some are very dangerous. So our company has developed natural flavors that just come from the terpenes themselves. And we have one called a Swazberry that actually smells and tastes like, uh, it's an incredible blueberry uh, smell and taste, if you will. And it's 100% natural, no cutting agents, no synthetics, no uh, dangerous chemicals. It just comes from the terpenes themselves. So more and more companies are going to go that route because they have to. The vaping illnesses that that were uh, very prevalent months ago, uh, those it's still there uh, unless companies change how they formulate and how they uh, how they flavor. But the terpenes and flavonoids are very important for activity, uh, medicinal activity, also. You know, backing up the the feed chain, so to speak, from
1: uh, flavoring the ultimate product, many of these products, as you've described already, are, are derivative or derived from extracts. Uh, do you have a, uh, or what's the latest word in terms of safety of solvents that are used during the creation of these extracts and tinctures? And, and does your company um, have a
2: preferred
1: route uh, to dealing with extracts?
2: Sure. The... Uh- well, there's two ways you can uh, you can extract uh, the cannabinoids or the oil from the plant material. You can use uh, solvents, excuse me, or you can use you can go solvent less. Now, with solvents, there are there's ethanol, there's carbon dioxide, there's butane, there's propane. Um, with solvent less, you're using temperature, you're using ice, you're using pressure. Uh, and depending on which methodology you use, you get a different oil. You get a uh, the uh, you get a different uh, uh, The oil has different components in it. Uh, has a different activity. Uh, so for uh, we we use uh, carbon dioxide, uh, CO two. It's clean. It's expensive, but it's clean. It's 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 relatively quick. It doesn't have. Uh, any toxicities associated with it. We are able to uh, recapture almost hundred percent of the the CO2 with our extractions. We don't have to worry about residuals. Um, Now testing state to state is, uh, does have issues with it. The it's, they're not the same. There's, there's a lot of variation. Colorado has uh, limits on residual, uh, extracts or I should say residual solvents uh, so if you're going to use a solvent it, it cannot be in there uh, you have to test it and if, it, if it's there it fails um, but that's that's uh, what the, the larger companies are using solvents uh, if you go solvent less you're uh, some consumers like the oil much uh, much better but it's lower uh, yields, it's more uh, time-consuming, it's more expensive, and you don't get the same uh, components that you would, for example, if you use uh, CO2.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Scott, uh, you know, we're, we've sort of run out of time today, and obviously this is going to mean you're going to have to come back at some point uh, to probe a little further, um, but I really appreciate you taking the time today of, out of your busy schedule at Medfarm, Um, and hopefully we'll be discussing further. Uh, a next edition in
2: uh, chemistry of cannabis. Thank you very much for having me. I had a great time. Thank you.